Well, we're going to uh, uh, begin part one this morning <laughs> of a two-week sermon here. Um, let me turn this on here, get this going here for us so we can have a little bit of PowerPoint. You know, anymore to get into your phone, you've got to go through this code and that code and everything to make it work, it seems like. All right, it should be, should work now. Let me try that one more time. All right. There we go. All right. Many of you know this month has been a month that we've been focusing on prayer. It's been, we're in the midst of our 21-day time of prayer and fasting and actually coming into our last week of that. And, uh, and so I want to encourage you to continue to press in. Uh, I know all of us that we are, whatever the Lord has instructed you and how you are to be, uh, going through these 21 days, especially in fasting, uh, I just pray grace for you in that. But let me encourage you this last week, we have three times that we can gather together for the purpose of prayer on Monday night at 6.30 during the healing rooms. Tuesday night with the school of ministry that Wayman will be sharing on prayer and we'll take an extended amount of time to pray and to soak in the Lord. And then, of course, Friday night at our burn service uh, starting at 7 o'clock. So I really, as your pastor, I really encourage you to not miss that opportunity. There's something powerful when we come together and we bring our prayers together and we unify ourselves in praying together. Uh, Jesus says when, when two or three of us gather together, we touch on anything. He says, it will be done. It will be done. It's that strong, that powerful of unified prayer, corporate prayer together is so amazing. And so let me encourage you uh, this week to take Monday or Tuesday, especially Friday night, come out, be a part of this time together. Because I believe that our prayers, I believe our prayers continue on into the next generation, don't you? You know, it's just not for a moment. The things that we're praying now is going to continue on into generations, into our children's lives and their children's lives. And and so it's it's important that you engage in prayer. And so I want to thank Jason and I want to thank Rifle the last two weeks of being able to come and, and share from the pulpit. Uh, I encourage you, if you were not here for those services, I encourage you to go to the, go to our website and click on to our, is it under resources? And, and where it says sermons and listen to this. Both Jason's and Rifle's sermons were powerful, amazing sermons on, in the, on the area of prayer. So I want to encourage you to, uh, to this past week, I just sat down and listened to both of them, I was just blown away. And I'm so grateful for the, for the teachers that we have in this house. So grateful for the pe- men and women of God that we have that can bring forth the Word of God and just a word in season uh, for you and I. Amen? And so I want to take a few minutes this morning. And, you know, you can, you can go throughout the Word of God and find passages where you could study and that's on prayer 
whether it's in Isaiah, you can look at the life of Moses and, and how he communed with God. You know, prayer is, is not, you know, for so many years, everything that in my, in my Christian life and my walk with the Lord was about the mechanics of it, was about finding the best plan, finding the right method. It was all about rules and things like that. And, 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 and I'm, I'm so glad that God met me there because that's all I knew. But God met me in that place. But he didn't want me to stay there and remain there. That, that my life is always about the method or mechanics and or whatever. But it's about life. It's about living in the Spirit. And, and, and our time, our, our prayer is about communion. It's not a method. But it's communion with the Almighty God. Communion with the Holy Spirit. And the life that comes out of that and being able to listen and hear the voice of God and know that God is saying, this is what I want you to engage in in your time of prayer. You know, in our Sunday school program right now, we're having a one of our classes is on how to hear the voice of God. We're going through the Mark Verkler curriculum and DVD. And let me encourage you. I don't know if there, I don't I don't believe that there's not a person in this room does not need to, to be able to grow in this area of how to hear the voice of God, how to recognize and commune and hear and be able to just hear the sweet voice of God and to be able to write down what God is saying. And I want to encourage you at 9 o'clock to come out for these classes. These are life-giving classes. Paul Smith doing an amazing class on discipleship. Paul, I think you only have, what, one more week on that? Two more weeks? Praise God. Then Rifle's going to be sharing after that in some classes. But, but hearing the voice of God is so necessary because sometimes we, we think our time of prayer is just that I've got my agenda here. I've got my list. And I get before God, and I, this is what I used to do. And, you know, it's because that's all I knew. God met me. But, but God was saying, God, Doug, there's more. There's more. It's more than just coming before me and saying, okay, God, here's my list. And I sure would like for you, like having a list for Santa Claus. Here's my list, and I sure would like for you to do this, 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 this. And like I said, God in his love and mercy and grace and kindness, he met me in that place. And But today I don't have my list. I have my life in God. And so, so we want to take a moment here. I want you to turn to the book of James, if you would. Like I said, last week, Rifle did an amazing job on, uh, you know, about the life of Christ and how he prayed and from what place he prayed and the motive of his praying and so many of the things like that was, was, was so good. And so here in the book of James, <clears throat> really this book contains so much about the life of prayer. Um, the, the contemporaries, those that wrote and knew about James, knew that he was a man of prayer. They actually they had a they had a name for him. They called him Camel Knees, and, uh, and isn't that funny, Camel Knees? But the fact was is that he spent so much time on his knees that his that they said his knees looked like the knees of a camel, and 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 because I mean they were callous, they were, uh, and so they they called James. Camel knees, and so um, so what do people call you? Okay, so um, but so James had a lot to say about prayer. 
that was his life, his heart, his passion was about prayer. And as you, as you go through the book of James, chapter 1, you know, he talks about the, the importance of praying in faith, asking in faith. It says that, that if you need wisdom, if you need something to ask of God, but ask, believe, and having faith. Don't doubt. And so he's dealing with that. And a person that, that doubt is, is, is like being tossed on the sea to and fro. And he said that don't expect any person that's in that place to expect that they're going to receive from God. He goes on in chapter 4, and he talks about the issue of that you don't have, you don't, you don't have what you need because you don't ask. And he's talking about prayer, that the importance of asking and trusting and believing and going to the Lord about things. And then he comes into chapter 5 of James, and that's where I want us to <clears throat> spend this week, and I guess next week, <laughs> in this. And James takes chapter 5 here, and, and he takes six verses from verse 13 to verse 18. And it is, it is, a, it is a, an amazing teaching on prayer that he has here. In these six verses, he mentions the word prayer seven times. Either the word prayer or pray or something like that, seven times. How many of you believe that he was trying to get something across in his letter to the, to the believers? And here in chapter 5, verse 13, he says this, Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. And that's still in the context of prayer. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed, he says. And then he says this, The effective, effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And he goes on and he gives an example. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. In this place, James said, no matter, really, no matter where you find yourself, whether you're sick, whether you're healthy, whether you're happy, whether you're sad, whether you've stumbled in sin or you know someone that has or whatever, pray pray. No matter where you find yourself, no matter what the circumstance may be, whether you're sick and you need healing, pray. And so he, he, he takes this passage here, and basically in this passage we find three important principles that we're going to touch on one this morning, okay? Three important principles here that James puts in about prayer. It's the premise for prayer, the person of prayer, and the pattern of prayer. And these, these are the three things that we're going to be covering today and next Sunday. So you've got to come back next Sunday, okay? All right? And so, uh, but we want to talk about first the premise of prayer here, that what, what James is saying in this passage about prayer, the necessity of prayer, the power of prayer, the, the, that we need to pray in every opportunity that, that may face us, 
that we need to pray. But his premise behind all of it is this, that prayer works. I mean, that, that settles it all right there. Prayer works. Why we need to pray? It works. You know? Why do we need to pray if we're cheerful? Because it works. Why do we need to pray because we're sad? Because it works. Why do we need to pray when we're healthy? It works. Sick, work. Doesn't matter. It works. He says here, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man does what? Avails money. It works. It works. I mean, it, he doesn't go into this lengthy theological just discourse. He just very simply, he says, from my experience of being a person of prayer, it works. And that's something that we all have to, it's got to be contained on the inside of us. That we're not throwing up what I call flare prayers. You ever been in an emergency or, or whatever and you shoot a flare off like help type thing? How many of you know that sometimes that's, that's what our prayers are like? Not much of a thing, I believe this is going to work, but if there's anybody out there that can help me, please help me. I need some help right now. But how many know that God is not satisfied for you just to ignite a few flare prayers to Him? But there is something that resides and is on the inside of us because we know our God that prayer works. Every time, in every circumstance. Give me a time. I love that you, you touched on this last week. Give me a time in the life of Jesus where Jesus says, guys, I'm so sorry. I prayed, but it didn't work. You know, because we never know when, when God may visit. You know, I love what Rifle was saying last week about that. But the fact is that that's got to be settled on the inside of you and I. Because that, that is the foundation premise of what we live out of, is that prayer works. Prayer works. I, wanted, I want us to, to look at this one little passage here, this verse. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I love what it says in the Amplified. Takes this same verse and he just kind of takes what, what is in the Greek and, and expands it for us a little bit. It says, the earnest, heartfelt, and continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous Power available. Man, I like that. I like that. Let's read that again. The earnest, the heartfelt, the seriousness of it, the commitment to it, the continual part of prayer, I'm not going to give up, of a righteous man, makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working, it says. Dynamic in its working. How many of you want to have prayers like that? How many of you want to that? That marks your life. That flare prayers are not a, your, your life. That, boy, I sure hope this works. You know, I really, I really don't believe that it will, but may, who knows? Who knows that maybe God is in an especially good mood today and that he's going to work on my behalf or whatever. Or maybe I've done enough. Or maybe I, I've done all the right things or whatever. I used to live out of that place. That was my life. I lived out of that place. I want to tell you, I was so frustrated being in that place that if I just prayed long enough, 
You know, if I read the Bible enough, and I want to tell you, it is important for us to be in prayer. It is important for us to be in the Word of God, but not that it qualifies us for something. But there's got to be something that's resident on the inside of us that prayer works. Let's take a let me let me kind of go back here. The effective for prayer of righteous man avails much. I want to just take this one passage and just break it down a little bit more for us. That word prayer. Like I said, there's seven words, seven times that James says here. You can count them if you want to, but it's seven times that James says in the passage, verse 13 to verse 18, pray, pray. But this word prayer is different from all the others. This word for prayer means this, specific petitions with definite results in mind. I like that. When James says that I want you to be an effective and a fervent prayer, he says that prayer is such that it's specific petition, specific things that you know that you are to pray with definite results in mind. Now, how is that possible? How is that possible for us to be able to pray in that manner, in that way, that we're specific in it and we know that we know already the definite results that are already there lodged in our mind. Not, well, I sure hope this turns out this way or whatever it might be. And uh, that's where we're at many times. But I want to go beyond that, don't you? Don't you? I want, I want to be like what James is saying. I want to be, I want to live as that righteous person that my prayers are affectant and fervent and they veil much. They work. And it says that 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 prayer, that type of prayer is just not, God bless this day and bless everybody around me and there will be world peace and uh, whatever, what else, you know, bless the the cows and the horses and all of the things that we, we, we pray, you know. But it, but it's, but it's going to God, hearing the voice of God and God saying, this is what I want to do. This is what my plans are. This is what my will is. This is what I want to do. Now, I want you to engage me. I want you to unite yourself with me. I want you to partner with me in what I want to do on the earth today. And I want you to pray through that. And I want you to have definite results in your mind. We'll see later that Elijah was a man like that. He knew exactly what he was praying, and he had definite results in his mind. It's possible. But it's going to take us to be pressing into God in a manner, in a way, that it's not that I just come to God be with my list, but I come to God with a heart of saying, God, what are you wanting to do in my life and in my situation and in, 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 in my church, in my job? God, speak to me. And being able to hear his voice and say, Lord, I'm going, to come, I'm going to unite myself in prayer until I see the actualization, the realization of that. Definite results in our mind. That's the type of prayers that we are to pray. That we have heard from the Lord. God has said this. God has said this. Years ago, 
I was, um, I believe I was still in college. It's amazing. I can, I can remember that far back. All right. I was in college, and one of my good friends that was at our church, our Baptist church, had just got married. And they were so happy, Mike and his bride. Man, they were so happy. And then I got this report that on, while they were on their honeymoon, he was stricken with MS. He woke up one morning, maybe very similar to what was with you, Rifle, I don't know. Woke up one morning, and he was paralyzed totally on one side. On his honeymoon. Can you imagine? I mean, the happiest time of his life with his new bride, future, his whole future is ahead of him. And now he's paralyzed on one side. And everything has changed, seemingly. I remember going to the Lord just so heartbroken for Mike. And I remember asking God, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do for Mike? And I remember so is one of those moments that was so clear that God says, if you pray, I want to heal him. I want to heal Mike. I want it to be to my glory. And so I began to engage in prayer. I would go and visit Mike and pray with him and lay hands on him. And seemingly no change, no difference, but continued in that place continued being fervent in prayer with specific, knowing exactly what I knew, exactly the result that I was believing God for because I believed that I heard from God. God said, Doug, this is my will. This is my will. And I began to pray. And it, it was one week past, two weeks past, maybe a month past, maybe a month and a half past. And then all of a sudden one day, because Mike, during that time, it may have been with you, Rifle, that your speech was very slurred. It was difficult to, you just sounded different. You know, I'm, I'm saying to Rifle, because Rifle, God healed Rifle of MS also, if you're not aware of that. And, uh, and so, uh, isn't that amazing? Praise God. You think God wants to heal MS? I believe so. I believe God wants to heal everything. Amen? And so, uh, so one morning, I get this phone call, and it's Mike. And instead of a slurred speech, his speech was normal. And he is screaming, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. We had so many people go over and pray for him, and, and, uh, and then he woke up one morning, and he was totally healed, totally set free from that bondage of MS that tried to imprison his body, totally healed. Because as we prayed, we had definite results in mind, praying because we knew it was God's will. We knew it was God's will. Praise God. We talked about fervent. The word fervent means a heartfelt, continued prayer. We'll just touch on two other things here. The word effective. When I was looking at this, I was really surprised. The word effective comes from the Greek word energia, which sounds like what? Energy. Exactly. Exactly. This word effective means energy, energetic. It basically means there is a working energy in specific prayer 
that makes it effective. Where does that energy come from? It comes from God. It comes from His presence, doesn't it? I love this. I, I found this. I wrote it down. Oop, not that one. All right, we'll find it here. Yeah, that's it. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful. I'm talking about the word effective. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective because it taps the unlimited resources and energy of God. Amazing. Listen, when you are spending time in prayer, you're just not waste. You're just not spinning your wheels. You're just not like, well, did this ever end right now? I don't tell you. You are tapping into something greater, more powerful than you realize. And it is an energy that causes your prayers to be effective. And it is God. It's the resources of God. That when we pray and when we join ourselves with God and we say, God, I believe you. I trust you that this is what you want to do, God. And as I pray, God, my prayers are going to be effective because they are energized with all of heaven. Okay, when we have that type of understanding and knowledge, do you think your prayers will change? Do you think that the, the way you pray might change a bit? I don't know about you, but I, I want to be a different person. I want to be, I want my prayer life to be different. I, and I praise God that it has come a long ways, but I tell you, I'm not satisfied. I'm not there yet. I'm not satisfied. And I, I, and I don't think any of us are, are we? And so I want to tap into all the resources of heaven, that as it is in heaven, let it be upon the earth to cause the prayers, the things that we hear from the Lord and we partner with God and we know that it is God's will and we do that, God begins to do it. And then the last thing that says that really it talks about the condition What is the the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much? Is being that that our life living out of a place of righteousness, a qualification of righteousness, means be reconciled to God, be justified by faith. How many of you know that you don't earn it? You can't you can't scrap for it. You can't get it. It has been given to you and I. Because what Christ did on the cross as a gift. And for us to continue to walk in that place of righteousness. I tell you, when that, when I'm walking in that place of that God-given place that God has given me, of that place of righteousness, my prayers are different. Rifle was saying last, last week, if the, if the motive that's within us is not one of righteousness, if the motive, the things that are within our lives that are not right, is going to affect our prayer life. It's going to affect our prayer life. So as we go before the Lord, God, many times, and I'm sure maybe during the season of fasting and prayer, you 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 realize, Lord, I I, I didn't know all these things within me were <laughs> were so messed up, because God begins to point out wrong attitudes and wrong motives and things, and He says, I want you to walk in my righteousness. I want you to live in my righteousness. I want you to pray in that place of righteousness. Because that person, that person that is a, a, a righteous person, 
that prayers avail much. I love this in Psalm 34:17. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them, and He delivers them from all their troubles. Amen. Delivers them from all their troubles. You know the wonderful thing about it? God declares you righteous. God declares you righteous. Now it is our responsibility to continue to walk in that place of righteousness. It's there for every one of us. You know, that we continue to, to walk in that place, checking our lives, asking the Holy Spirit to, 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 to speak to us, to realize when there's things that are not right, that we repent and get those things right and we move on and we continue to walk in that place of righteousness. We don't have to gain it. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to do any of those things. It is ours already. That God wants us to live and walk in that place. The effective, energized, fervent, heartfelt, continued prayer, specific petitions that have a definite result already in mind of a righteous person, you and I, will avail much. It works. It works. So if you come come away this morning, it's one thing. It works. Amen? It works. Your prayers are making a difference. Amen? You have to believe that. Praise God. All right. Next week, we'll continue on. Okay? Amen? Is that helpful? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Can we all stand up?